With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer, and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Halloween to everyone out there. Okay, so uh, <laughs> right now. So as you may heard, I'm going full on sports pop, sports stuff in 2024. So. The next interview that I will take, not only it will be outside the, well, it will be outside the game. So if anybody has like, um, they played a sport, they played a, you know, their former college athlete or former professional player, but yeah, you sell, let's say you sell financial advice on the side. I wanted to do that, that interview for the first. Probably late, probably the, the last time I'm going to do that is December. So I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore after December 31st. But in 2024, it's going to be all sports-related content. But it goes to my next point is I was supposed to be on a podcast on Friday. So on Friday, I was supposed to be on the Jinty Kochi podcast, and she put me she put me in circles to the point where. I can't I can't speak like that anymore. I can't work with people like that that plays games with with others because I know my my Wi-Fi at home sucks. But I went to different I went to Starbucks right, and it worked. But she was concerned about the noise in the background. I'm like, okay, Starbucks is a business. They're going to be busy. Who cares? You're talking to me. So, and then I go to the library and then quiet place, right? I found a, um, I found a, um, conference room, quiet place, nobody. We can't do the interview anymore. 
That's what she said to me. Because she's transitioning. So, at any point in time, I'm a great interviewer, guys. I, I will come on to your podcast. And it, it, even outside sports, I will still come on and, and be a presence. But you would not do this. <laughs> you would not make me go to three different places to find Wi-Fi. You would not do that to me. I'm just saying. But it goes to my, it goes to the other thing. Uh, I want to pay. I did not watch the show Friends growing up. I knew it was a big thing in the '90s. There was a lot of shows in the '90s. I never, I, I never grew apart to it. Because at the time, our parents never wa- let, let us watch Friends. Like literally, never. Wa- let, we we, had, we watched a lot of cartoons and music videos growing up, but we never watched Friends. And so, I was very shocked to hear that Matthew Perry's death on Saturday, or was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. But I saw it Sunday morning. I was like, "Wow, that's that's unbelievable." But rest in peace to him and his family. And I want to play a clip of remembrance of him. Let's play that clip and then we'll talk about sports on the other side, please. Prescription drugs are now central to the shock death of Friends star Matthew Perry, found dead in his hot tub at his home in Los Angeles. Friends and fans have joined his family in grieving the troubled actor who wanted to be remembered for helping others battle addiction. A family in pain. Matthew Perry's father, stepfather and mother at his home mourning a beloved son and brother. Matthew brought so much joy to the world. The medical examiner says more tests are needed to determine how the star died. Antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications were found inside his home. Today, audio released of the 911 dispatch call. Devastated by the actor's death, fans laid flowers feeling they have lost a friend. For Chandler, he's... He lives a legacy. As the soundtrack to his career rang out. From his much-loved LA Kings hockey team to singer Charlie Puth. As former colleagues mourned a troubled star, Maggie Wheeler. Oh my God. Who played Chandler's on-again, off-again love, Janice. The joy you brought to so many in your too short lifetime will live on. His on-screen mother. I get to see my son, who I love. And this is the way that I find out. Most moms use the phone. Morgan Fairchild. The loss of such a brilliant young actor is a shock. This studio is where Matthew Perry forged the role as Chandler Bing. And from here, where he provided so many laughs to so many around the world. The brains and creators behind that hit TV show Friends are among those joining the chorus to pay tribute, saying they are shocked and deeply, deeply saddened. Tonight, his five co-stars still publicly silent, perhaps trying to figure out how to best farewell their friend. The only thing that I'm going to miss is you. In the United States, Jonathan Kersley, Nine News. Recipes to Matt Perry and his families and his fans. Um, I have to go watch an episode sometime because I, I, I didn't, it didn't grow on me. 
But I will go watch the episode and remember of him. So anyways, guys, let's talk about the game again, the Rams versus Dallas. So what do we think? 43-20, Dallas wins. I look at the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Matthew Stafford, guys. I, I can tell you that right now. Uh, he went 13 for 22 for 162, a touchdown and an interception. He was pressured 13 times. He was sacked once. It felt like it felt like it felt like he could have he could have had at least been sacked three times. Uh, he played through an injury. He had a, I, I feel like he had a shoulder and a thumb injury at the same time. He was very inconsistent. And then I asked Rams fans, "Are is Stafford in your future?" Like. He won a Super Bowl for y'all in 2021. Um, is he going to lead y'all to another championship at age 35 years old? Knowing that he's breaking down as a quarterback, and I hate to say that, but at some point we got to look. Rams fans got to look at themselves in the mirror and say we got to we need a new quarterback. I don't know if he's going to draft or free agency or something. But Matthew Stafford is not the answer anymore. Detroit said no. <laughs> Detroit said no. All those years he led to Detroit. Well, it wasn't his fault, but he was part of it. And look at Detroit now. Versus the Rams. So clearly, y'all have some, some decisions to make. So let's go to Dak Prescott here. 25 for 31 for 304. Four touchdowns and an interception. Of course. Of course. This is his, this is probably his best game of the season. Um, I, dis, I did challenge someone on Sunday. When Dak is on the move, Dak is effective. I don't have the stats in front of me, but when he's, when he's on the move, he's effective. So, for me, I told this person on Sunday, I said... Dak's got to be on the move to be to be effective. I love the fact that when the pocket breaks down, he can be able to maneuver. I need to see more of Dak doing that. I want to see it more. I don't care if he, you know, if, if he's like like very timid to run, but I want to see him run the ball more. I want to see him on the move. I want him to take check downs. I want to see more of that. Because I think I because it keeps the defense honest. Uh, he played his heart out. Um, you know, the bye week served him well. He needed to come back and uh, uh, correct some things and keep the keep 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 us going, keep us moving forward. Uh, communication and line of scrimmage was was incredible. I, I loved it. I loved that he was able to get out of things when the Rams tried to show blitz. Um, I love the fact that the edges were sealed, even though he got sacked three times. Uh, you know, that's that our offensive line is damaged. So we're going to, at some point, address that. But I, that's why I said I love Dak as a move because when our offensive line is so damaged like that, especially the left tackle and the right guard, we got to be on the move. I want Dak to be on. I think he's effective that way. Uh, the only mistake was the interception. It was just tipped, and it was going to be behind Sean McEwen anyways. And so you can't clearly blame that on Dak. You got 
there's sometimes, you know, it, it happens. The defender made a great play. He got his hand up, and, you know, it, even though the pass was, was behind McEwen, but the interception happened. It wasn't all on that. Dak didn't just throw it in there. He didn't mean to do that. It just happened. It was a great play. Uh, there's always Dak haters every game. Now, and like I said before, I'm always going to address the haters and say to y'all, y'all need to get a grip. <laughs> Look at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has, pl- has played, has had two bad games. And those players are still behind him. That's Fred Warner. Right? Look at Bryce, Bryce Young. Finally, his first win for the first time. Nobody criticizes him, but y'all get on Dak. All of America wants to get on Dak. And I'm pretty sure the hate is not here. It's, the hate is everywhere. So, you got to just accept that the fact that Dak's going to have good games. He's going to ball out. Like, I wish he would ball out against San Francisco. He didn't. In Arizona, yeah. But those things are in the past. We're five and two right now. And here in the second, I'm going to tell y'all how we can beat Philly. But I do have breaking news from the NBA, so I, I want to um, address that around around one thirty. I'll, I'll I will address that trade with James Harden, which I highly disagree with. But anyways, number two. C.D. Lamb's presence. Now, this man, me personally, I called him out. I said, does C.D. Lamb care about football anymore? This was after the San Francisco game. Yeah, you complained about it, but C.D., you weren't getting open. Why is it that no one saw this? When you watch a Cowboys game, you didn't see that he was trying to fight for the ball against San Francisco. Like, everybody blamed Dak for not trying to get C.D. open. That's all of C.D. C.D. Lamps. C.D. Lamps got to find a way to make adjustments. The last two weeks, he's, he's at. So, you're telling me 12 receptions for 158 and a touchdown on 14 targets. That's great stuff. Now, I think you take that personally. You're starting to become a number one, which many weeks ago, I didn't, I didn't. I felt like you weren't a number one. I felt like somebody else could have stepped in and said, you know what? Someone else needs to be number one. And I can't trust a Brandon Cooks or, or a Michael Gallup right now. Uh, he's fighting for the ball more, guys. And he's got to play like this moving forward. So all of November, our November is our toughest month. Because you got to remember, we have the Eagles, the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Seahawks. Those are our toughest games this month. And you say, well, the Panthers are not tough. Well, but hold on. Hold on. The Panthers are tough. Even though the record does not show it, they are tough. Defensively, they are. I'm not sure about their offense, but defensively, they are. The Giants, maybe. But if we lay an egg in November, we can't do that. So... I, I, I honestly look at the schedule and I say CD Lamb should have a, a field day in November. He should be off as a player of the month in the month of November.
Early on, has no answers for Grant's front. Second and long. Four-man rush. Prescott gets rid of it. Over the middle. C.D. Lamb. Nice catch and move. Lamb turns on the speed. To the outside and a first down. First down. Quick throw. Lamb looking for a block. Patiently works his way out to the 45 and gets... Another fake. Prescott looking deep. It's not there. Just going to dump it off underneath the CeeDee Lamb for a couple. Bad call at the end of the Pittsburgh game, so I'm sure they're still hot on that. Meanwhile, Cowboys up 7-3. Oh, beauty from Prescott in stride to CeeDee Lamb out across the 40. And they're going to put him up at the... CeeDee Lamb, jet sweep, has a block. Lamb inside the 40 and a first down. Here's Prescott. Over the middle, fire, caught, C.D. Lamb, touchdown, Dallas. Here we go. Rams come with two blitzers. Prescott against it. Oh, Lamb, great catch, in stride, first down and more. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it will be. And considering, here's Prescott back to throw. Quick hitter over the middle. Lamb in traffic, makes the catch, still on his feet, down inside the 20. Third and eight. Four-man rush. Prescott escapes. Rolling, looking, throwing. Caught for the touchdown. Guess who? Yeah, here we go. There is Prescott. Pressure coming from fuller to safety. Lamb again. The tackled immediately. Hello Witherspoon on the play. Pollard lines up as a wide receiver, top of your screen. Prescott on third and long. Coming near side, Lamb makes the catch. Reaching, he's not going to get it. Fuller tackles him short. Three touchdowns, 22 of 28, 250 yards. CeeDee Lamb, a career high in receptions. That'll give you an idea. Prescott looking for more, and Lamb, oh, a poster over. The type of game I want CeeDee Lamb in the month of November. Okay? That's the type of game. And I, by the way, I love how Dak calls the, the, the plays at the line scrimmage. I love it. I want more of it. Number three, the turnovers turn into points. So, Deron Blaine had a 30-yard interception return for a touchdown. That's his third re- interception return for a touchdown this season. Wow. Let's play that clip, please. Cowboys bring pressure. Stafford sees it. Fires one. Intercepted. It's another pick six. Deron Bland has his third of the year. Had been pretty remarkable. Just a little option route by Cooper Cup. I'm not sure if there's confusion or if he just throws that ball, but he's not under pressure. He throws that ball about five yards inside of Cooper Cup, and that's about as easy. Okay, so is he the best corner in the league? I'm sorry, in the best corner in the in, in the NFC East. I can't find one one corner that is better than Deron Bland right now in the NFC East, or maybe in the, all of the NFL. Well, maybe soft, soft scar in the butt, but Deron Bland is starting to become one. And I tell these quarterbacks, and I say, I tell quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. Who's the Giants quarterback right now? I don't know. It's not Daniel Jones. It's not Tyron Taylor. It's somebody else. 
and then Bryce Young, and then Sam Howell, and then Geno Smith. Why do you want to throw to Deron Bland's side? Knowing that that's his island right there, you want to throw to the side to make a point. What point are you making? This guy has it. And he should win some type of award this year. Honestly, I don't know what what award he should win this year, but in the future, it's coming for him. But I like this. I, li- I like how um, you know Deron is playing right now. Another person, Sam Williams. We got to give him credit. Blocked the punt, almost scored, almost scored. But Sam Williams is starting to grow on me a little bit. He's he, he you know I, I I was I was curious of when he was going to arrive. But he arrived this game, and I wish that, you know, I want to see more of that. Turpin. This guy is electric. This guy has a 63-yard punt return, kick, kick return to set up C.D. Lance touchdown. That was the, the safety. That was right after Sam Williams blocked that punt for a safety. 63 yards, that's when C.D. Lamb got that touchdown. So he, so he set that up. Another thing is he, he's so electric to the point where he had a punt return for a touchdown, but got called back by holding by Nashawn Wright. This, this guy is electric. Eventually, he'll get us. Eventually, he'll get it. Eventually. But we can't make stupid mistakes like that. We, we got it. We got to be able to score. All right. My question is, do we need to do this every game? Now, every, not every game is going to be like a block punt or interception return for a touchdown. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta play solid defense. Sometimes you gotta get off the field on third down. You know, if, if, if teams are, are getting 40% on third down or more, it doesn't play well for us. We're on the field a lot longer than, than we're, we're ever supposed to be on defense. So, with that being said, I don't want. I, I I expect us to not do this every game. I expect us. I expect Dak to lead us, and I expect the defense to come on the field on, on every third down. So we'll see. Number four. Today is the trade deadline. Even though oddly enough, it is Halloween, but it is the trade deadline today, and I've seen that a few teams have made some trades. Um, I heard the postgame show yesterday, well, actually this morning, from Brian Brothers and Zach Wolchuk, and they were saying, does Minnesota need to trade for a quarterback, for our quarterback, Trey Lance? I, I agree with Brothers. He said no. And I honestly say no as well. I say no because Trey Lance is our future. He's our future quarterback right after Dak decides to hang it up or he's no longer a cowboy, uh, a Dallas Cowboy anymore. That's our future. I don't think Trey Lance can lead another team anymore. I don't think, I don't think that at all. I do think Trey Lance fits well on this team. Now, if Minnesota wants to go for a quarterback, then yeah. Go for a quarterback. That's on you. Go for a quarterback, but don't go for our quarterbacks. Maybe go for Cooper Rush. Maybe he can he can lead y'all to to the playoffs. But Trey Lance is here to stay. Keep him. I, I don't even want a first round for it, unless we're going to move up. 
I, if we want to go for number one, then I want the quarterback from from Colorado. Then give me, give us your number one for next year, and then you can have uh, Trey Lance or whoever you want to have. But don't go after Trey Lance if it's a, if it's if it's less than that. Well, I'm sorry, not less than that. Yeah, yeah, if it's less than that. I don't want a second round. I don't even want third. I don't even want a seventh round. It's not worth it. I seen the Bears got Montez Sweat. Which is another relief from the commanders, because at the same time we, we we don't have to face their front four. Montez Sweat was front both part of their front four. He was, and that's why Washington's defensive line is so legit, because he was the one that was coming off the edges, and the Bears just got him. I can't imagine when when we play them Thanksgiving Day. I want to see how that game's going to be. We got the whole right to left side blocked, and he's no longer there. I want to see that happen. But anyways, um, we need a left guard. So I think our left guard went out. We need a left tackle. Timer Smith did not play this game. We also need a middle linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch, he he's not going to play for the month of December. So I, I want to see how that looks like. That, that's why I'm curious to see how we're going to perform on defense in November. Uh, we need a backup cornerback. Uh, Don't know how mu- how how much hybrid we're going to put on Marquise Bell, even though he's playing well. Don't know how much we're going to put on him. Um, we knew we do need a backup running back because I don't really trust Dow- Dowell as much. And Pollard, but then again, our offensive line is, is broken. Our right guard is playing with an ankle injury. That's Zach Martin. And our right, I don't know about right tackles inconsistent. Then our center is playing with a hamstring injury. And then we got our left guard, our left tackle, no longer there. So we don't know how the line is going to look every week. Um, so I, 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 just, I just don't know. But I do think we need to address those positions before the end of the day. I think the deadline is at 3 o'clock, our time. So we need to address those things. All right, so number five, my final take. This was a game that we need to win. Um, we took care of business. I, was, I wasn't curious at all for this game. I felt like we took care of business from start to finish. Um the, the next game against the Eagles will be ultra tough. I don't know why it's, it's not a Sunday night game, but it's a mid mid of the afternoon game where possibly, possibly, possibly the Rangers could win the World Series by at least Friday. I'm going to get them Friday to win the World Series. So, but I will talk about that in about, give me about what, 1241, I'll talk about the Rangers' chances. But anyways, Philly, I'll be ready for them. This is the first matchup of the year, and our argument, like I, our argument was was a was my was an Eagles fan is that my argument will be we're going to protect the left, the right, the left and right side. I was talking to this Eagles fan the other day, and I just told him, "Dude, as long as we protect the left, left and right side, we're good. We're fine. I, I don't worry who gets home." I know Dak will step up in the pocket. 
and find his receivers. I know this because the Eagles have a weaker secondary. I honestly think our secondary is stronger than theirs. So that's why I'm leaning towards the Cowboys to win this game. I feel like if Dak gets out of the pocket, not make mistakes, we have a chance. And we get off the field and we pressure Jalen Hurts. Even if we just, even if we just take their receivers out of the game, which AJ Brown's going to be tough. It's going to be tough taking him out of the game. Then, then we're we're, good. we're we're going to be fine. Now, remember, you're playing for first place. First place, you win this game, you're in first place. It doesn't really mean anything. It means that, well, actually, it does. It, it says a little bit, but. You're in first place for that day. Like November the 5th is the game. So you'll be first place on November the 5th. Now, these could change over time. But this is, this is big. We just got, um, I feel like that's going to throw more yards this game because the Eagles are going to try to stop the run. So if he does that, I like our chances. Of winning this game. So, it goes to my other point is, Dak haters, y'all need to stop. If if we lose, I don't want to hear any any Dak, any of those haters saying, oh, well, you know, Dak is not our quarterback. We got Jalen Hurts. If we had Jalen Hurts, it could have been a different situation. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jalen Hurts is better than Dak, yes. But it doesn't mean that... <laughs> It doesn't mean that Dak gets to blame. Maybe, maybe he had turnovers. Maybe, maybe Pollard fumbled the ball. Maybe CD Lamb had only four catches. Maybe the defense gave up 30 points. There's other blame around. Or maybe Mike McCartney did not call a great play call, which by the way, you gotta call a, a perfect game, Mike. This game is yours. You can be able to do that against the weaker teams, but this game right here is legit and it makes sense. This is for first place. This is for all the momentum in November that we're, we're going to have. So, it just depends on the play calling. Now, before we talk about college football, I got to add Ranger stuff. So, let's add... Now, they won the game last night. They're up 2-1. to one. They played tonight. I think Andrew Henney's going, going, going for... He has the ball for... The Rangers versus, uh, I think it's a bullpen game for the, uh, for the, uh, Diamondbacks. So, Seeger hit a home run again last night. Let's hear from Seeger's home run. And plus, and plus, and plus, well, we're gonna talk about Adolis Garcia in a second, but let's hear from Se- uh, Seeger, please. Oh, Corey Seeger touches the ball. Goodbye! Goodbye! Three nothing Texas! Second of the World Series for Corey Seager. Boy, his home runs get out in a hurry. So, that was huge. That was in the third inning. And after that, the Rangers did not score anymore. They just ran. They just, they just focused heavily on their defense, and their defense prevailed. And so, 
I would hate to face Seager if I'm a Diamondbacks pitcher because I don't know what pitch you, you throw at him. You can't walk him because he's going to score on somebody else's uh, RBI if they knock it, knock them in, if he, if he gets knocked in. But Adolis Garcia suffered an injury in the eighth inning last night. And let's hear from Bruce Bochy on the injuries from Serger and Garcia, please. Bruce, uh, can, uh, can you get this injury update on both Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia and whether you expect either of them for the remainder of the series? Right. Uh, right now we're going to uh, just evaluate him. Uh, Dolly will get some diagnostics done, see where he's at. Left side tightness, uh, we're being optimistic that he's going more tomorrow. Uh, same with Max. Uh, Max took a pretty good shot on the elbow. That's what we were concerned about, but it was his low back that tightened up on him. He just couldn't go anymore. And same with him. We'll see where he's at the next 24 hours and decide uh, where we're at with him. All right, so um, Rangers, I'm not worried about this game tonight. I'm not worried. Honestly, I'm not worried. This is uh, I trust Andrew Henney. This is a revenge game, Henny. This is for you. You have to come through for us. You cannot give them a chance. You will come through for us. You can't worry about this little, this Diamondback team that, that is feeding off momentum from, from what was in their circle. You gotta shut them out quickly. Now, let's talk, now, the Rangers will win this game, hands down. Let's talk about some college football. Let's talk about some North Texas football. <laughs> Memphis beat them 45 to 42. Such a heartbreaking loss. I don't know what else to say, man. I don't know what else to, 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 to do. How do you fix a defense? How do you fix defense that's last in every category in America? How? The game is right there in your hands. Your coach just said we cannot take moral victories. This was almost a moral victory. We had the ball. We had the we had the lead with 53 seconds left. Too much time, right? Too much time is college football to have a team to go down the field and score. Most teams do not give up the sidelines. They will say, "Okay, we're going to give you in the middle of the field to run the clock." They had three time, okay, of course, they had three timeouts, maybe two. I think they had two timeouts, I think. But, but this is unbelievable, man. The mistake here was giving them more time and giving up the, not get, and giving up the sideline. No, I'm not, not, not saying giving up. Giving up the middle of the field. You gave up the middle of the field. But yeah, you forced them to go to the sidelines. So you get you you rather give you rather get give them the sidelines but not give up the middle of the field. Most good teams know that you cannot you have to give up the sidelines versus the middle of the field. What type of defense are we calling? This is why the defense coach should be fired today. He should be fired today. Cause you don't do that. You don't give up the middle of the you don't give up the sideline. You gave them the sideline. They has like six. It felt like six extra timeouts. It felt like it, because every time they get, get they caught it towards the sidelines, 
they were able to stop the clock and run another play. Everybody that watches football gives the middle of the field. I can even ask. I can even ask Angelo. And he said, he would tell me, oh, you give up the middle. You get, Oh, yeah, you force him in the middle of the field. I can even ask his child. Oh, yeah, you can give up the middle of the field. Of course. So that the clock keeps rolling and they use their timeouts. And they're, when, you, when they're using their timeouts, you set up your defense. This was very heartbreaking and very embarrassing. I would not accept this win. If we, if, even if we won. Even if we won, I would not accept this. This, 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 this does nothing. Clearly, it does nothing for us because we're three and five. We had a chance. We had a chance to go into win on our home field against a team that no one knows about. Memphis. We don't know them. We know them for their basketball, but we don't know, know them about their football. This is ridiculous. Look at the defensive numbers that we gave up to this work to this team. Look at the defense. Self Hennigan. He had twenty two for he went twenty two for twenty eight for three thirty and a touchdown. Okay. He was sacked. I think he was sacked once. He understood the play call. He threw a lot of great passes, guys. Including the last one. Blake Watson, he got he got this thing off started early. He had two like two I think he had two sixty yard touchdowns. Touchdown runs. But overall he went seventeen for seventeen carries for hundred sixty nine yards and two touchdowns. So basically basically we gave up we literally gave up this game on defense. We couldn't get a stop. They were five eleven on third down. Uh gosh, uh man. We we, we just we just we just sucked on defense this game. We literally sucked on defense. This was very heartbreaking, especially on homecoming. On homecoming, that you bring everybody out to see random people again. Well, actually, your former people again. And then you lay this egg in front of them. Not everybody attended this game. Because we don't, our fan base sucks for football. It sucks. We're not like Ohio State. We're not like a Texas. We're not even like a Michigan that packs the house. We can't pack the house because other people have stuff to do on Saturday. And plus, this team sucks. And this team's not inconsistent. We're not inconsistent anymore. We invested, like I said before, I'm going to keep bringing this up because every time we lose, we're, we have a, we have an excuse to invest more money into this program to add more stuff. You finally did it for basketball because they won the NIT. You did it for soccer. Stop doing it for football. We can't win the the great the good games, the games that we're supposed to win. Like right now, we're supposed to be. I feel like right now we're supposed to be five and three. We have we we could have beaten Tulane. We couldn't beat them. Actually, we're supposed to be. I think we're honestly. I think right now we're supposed to be set, uh, six and two, and playing in the ball game. Now we got to worry about winning two out of the next four games to get to. A, well, actually, no, no, you have to win the next three, three out of the next four. So that means you go against UTA, 
uh, SMU. That's the University of Texas San Antonio. They they have our number. SMU, Tulsa, and UAB. So you got to win three out of the next four to get to a bowl game. So as what six and six, you, you're not even get to six and six. Worst case scenario, you get to what what four and eight. Put up this, giving up these numbers to to a team that their quarterback we we never heard of till after this game till he torture us the running back torture us the receiving core torture us the defense their defense didn't play well in the second half but yeah we had to rally to win the game I know we I know that's great we had a rally that's great but we were down 31 to 10 at the half. We had a rally to win this game and to lose it was was under 53 seconds left and to lay that egg. Man, I, 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 you know, I, I, I've been watching this football for 16 years. That's basically almost my life. Like, I'm not cheering them to go to the SEC because I don't support it at all. I really don't. I think I think they'll 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 do awful in the SEC. I said this before. UNT and the American, you're telling me against Memphis, against Tulsa, Tulane, against SMU, you're telling me you can't work. We beat those teams. I know it's your first year. I get it. But what type of what 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 are we doing with these games? Why are we losing these games with the fashion that we have? Our defensive corner sucks, Eric Morris. Why can't you realize that? We're putting we have scheme issues, we have poor tackling issues, we don't even know heck, we don't even know the playbook on defense. How can we stop this? How can we fix this in the next three to four games? And now, and now, we go to a press conference. All about is a learning experience. For what? We don't have time to learn. We're almost the end of the season. We don't have time for this crap. Everybody else has learned this so far. Look at the top twenty-five. Everybody knows this shit. We don't have time to learn. I can understand. Two to three games in, yes. You you can learn, yes, absolutely. But we don't have time. But offensively, Chandler Rogers went 32 for 49 for 411, five touchdowns. He had a great game. But he was sacked three times. Ayo went 10 for 104. Uh, Damon Ward Jr. had eight for 120, that was receiving yards. And then Roderick Burns had five receptions for 102 yards, there three touchdowns. Uh, 
Jamar Mackle was held in check, which is this probably was his worst game. He ran six receptions for 45 yards and two touchdowns. So those are your stats, your offensive stats for this game. Now let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something about Kalon Horton. Kalon Horton's not explosive anymore. Uh, and I will not apologize for that. Kayla Horton is not explosive anymore. Why? Because he feels like he gets the ball and he wants blocking. When you can't get blocking on, on the kick return, Kayla Horton, you're ineffective. So you, to me, to me, you're not explosive anymore. Have you scored a touchdown on a, on a punt return or a kick re, kickoff return? No. You're not. You're not explosive anymore. I'm not even going to apologize for that because because I know I'm right. And I know I see the game. Yeah, like I said, you left a lot of time on the clock. So, I, so I, I mean, I can't really. And then the reason why I, I, I blame that is because I can't rely on a defense that's last in every single category. I just think you got to bleed the clock. At this point in time, you can't trust the defense. You can't trust this defense, even though they were getting numerous stops in the second half. They scored 14 points. They did their majority of their damage in the first half. So, with that being said, easily they could have put 60 points on this defense, easily, in the second half. But you got some stops, to your credit. You got some stops. So, I can't rely on the defense. Even if they got some stops in the first in the second half, I can't rely on them to close the game out. I'm not going to do that. As a coach, Eric Morris has to know his personnel. If I know that my defense sucks, my defense is is coming up last in every single category, I'm not putting them on the field to close the game out, to stop them on defense. I'm not doing that at this point in time. We executed better in the second half on on offense. We outscored them 32 to 14. So I, I I'll give them that. Uh, we got to be able to play a complete game. We the only complete game we have played uh, against was to, to, uh, Temple. That was the only complete game we have had. So we had a great offense and a great defense on in that game. In that game, the previous games we haven't. So it's only been one or the other. We either played a great defense or good defense, or we get played great offense. In this case, we played great offense in the second half to give us a victory. Our our defense sucked. Basically sucked. So, you know, you know, like I said, we have four games left. We have to win three of the next four to get yourself to a bowl game. If we lose to UTSA, I don't care about SMU. We're definitely going to lose to that. But if we lose to UTSA. It's over. It's over. The bowl chances are over. And all those seniors on the team, including Roger Burns, I will feel bad for you. I will feel bad because you had the opportunity to transfer. And I honestly said, you know what? Your value it's worth it elsewhere. A, di- a different quarterback, a different team that one that you got to get to a bowl game easy enough. Then yes, I will say, go ahead and transfer. 
Go ahead and do that. Because this team is not worth it. It's not worth your time. you got to rely on the defense to, to get a stop. And you got to rely on on a, a play calling that, that is questionable at times. At times. So, like I said, if we lose to UTSA, it's over. The season's over. I don't care if we beat Tulsa or UAP. It's over. Now, let's get to Colorado versus UCLA. Now, Shador had a decent game. He went 27-43 for 217 and a touchdown. He pressured. He was pressured and sacked. Well, actually, no. I think he was pressured at least 10 times this game. But he's been sacked 41 times. You got to remember, 41 times in six games. Well, actually, eight games. That's a lot of sacks, actually. So... Teams are averaging almost, well, actually, five sacks a game on him. I'm like, he's getting sacked five times a game to the point where he he had to get he, he had to get an, an injection at halftime in order for him to play to to keep him upright. I'm like, dude, you you have to get an injection at halftime. That means you you got it. You got to fix the offensive line. You got to fix the offensive line. You got to fix something. The offensive line is not going to keep you protected for long. Then, and your your quarterback's getting injected at halftime. That 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 is dangerous, bro. I don't. I try not to get injections, man. That's 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 like, wow. You're sharing news with somebody. You never know what that injection fluid is filled with. But yet, it is life over. It's life over. Not, no, I'm not one. I'm not even gonna say that. But that's your livelihood. You gotta stand upright at some point. Um, we just don't have the, the fight and the passion to to do what we want to do. I, I'm a little biased because I'm his father, but I think we have the best quarterback in the country. Um, I don't think any other quarterback could put up with or stand and deliver like I always do, week in and week out, and, and, and taking the beating that he's taking. And we got to address that. we got to address that um, scheme-wise. we got to address that uh, functionally with what we have um, on the line, and we, we just got to do a better job. We really do. Coach, you mentioned the, the coaching aspect of it as well. Yes, sir. Specifically with the offensive line, I mean, what has to improve in that aspect besides from... The line. The line has to improve. It ain't no aspect. The line has to improve. Coach, we've talked about run-pass balance a lot. Yeah. I think it was up until that last drive, you made seven carries with running backs, you had like 34 passes. Yeah. How, how much is, is of that is a struggle for you guys right now? Well, it's a struggle to run the ball. It's a struggle to run the ball. And uh, we we got to figure figure that out because now you're, you're one-dimensional, and it's easy to stop a team when they're one-dimensional, and that's who we are at this point in time. Could follow up on that? Could being able to commit to that, as you talked about, one Commit to what? Running the ball. Could, could that help? I, I think we committed to it on, on a first down, and we were second and 15. Right. 
those are the type of things you don't want to do and get behind the eight ball. First downs are so vital. First downs are everything. I mean, first downs are when we held them um, statistically on first downs, it, it was hard for them to move the ball as well. And uh, when we're getting negative yards on first down, that's a tremendous loss. Because now you know you're going to throw the ball on second down, and they're, they're calling their defenses pertaining to that loss. I just asked that in terms of the big picture, trying to keep Shadur upright, healthy. The, the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture. I'm going to paint it perfectly. I Travis is Travis. I keep telling you that. He's the one kid, not the one. He's, it's multiple kids I don't concern myself about their play and their attitude. Travis is going to bounce back. I know he's going to bounce back. You know, he was coming off an injury, and he was taking the offensive side of the ball a a lot more serious than he was taking the defensive side of the ball when he first came back. And he just had to, you know, reset because he he didn't go home on the break. He stayed, worked out, trained, and and got his feet up under him and and watched film intently and uh, studied the little things. So he was prepared and ready today. And he gave you a Travis Hunter performance. Ariel's up. Four games left. Have you? Okay, so, anyways. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line has to improve. Um, you know, guys' jobs on the line. You talk about his livelihood, you talk about getting an injection at halftime. But kids these days don't want to hear the hard truth. And I'm pretty sure Dion said, hey, to the offensive line, hey, y'all got, you, you, you either improve or you're, or we're going to play, replace y'all. You can still be on the team, but we're going to replace y'all with other players that can block for Shador. So, but if they, if, if they're going to hear that, then you might as well go ahead and transfer after the season. Because you don't want you don't want me hear, hear the whole car too. You don't want to try to to do the things to get better. You know that forty one times this man's on the ground been on the ground. So you got four games left, and you're facing the best pass rushers in the in the Pac twelve. That's easy money for them to push the door on the ground five times. Five times a game, he's on the ground. You're telling me this man can't get upright. Just imagine. I can feel. Just imagine in the morning. The next day. He gets up. And all his body is so sore. I'm pretty sure Coach Prime is giving him at least two more days off. At least. If you can't protect the guy. Allow him to get sacked numerous times. You gotta find. You gotta, you gotta look yourself in the mirror off the line. And you gotta say you know what. It's my fault at the end of the day. It's my fault that my quarterback is down like that. It's my fault that this quarterback has to waste time at halftime to get an injection. It's my fault that I can't stick to the game plan, that I don't understand where my blocking scheme is. So I don't understand that. So with that being said, I have to make sure that I'm doing my job. Coach Prime has done his job. Shador does his job by delivering the ball while he's being under pressure. Um, the running game has to get going. And the receivers get upset when they don't get the ball. They, they think it's Shador, but it really isn't. 
It's just he's not having enough time to be there to deliver. You got to give him time to, to, to deliver. And once that happens, he will deliver. But you got to recruit new office linemen at some point. Because if they can't get the job done, then then th- those guys will transfer and they, they will say, hey, it is what it is. All right, my final college football take is Texas and BYU. Now, Texas beat BYU 35-6. Easy win. Malik Murphy looked good. He had a couple mistakes, but he looked good overall. Um, the running game looked great. Xavier Worry was awesome. Um, are they ready for K-State? Now, I feel like K-State, this is their time of the season that they will sign. K-State could easily mess up the Texas and the OU matchup in the Big 12 Conference Championship game if they don't have anything, any say in it, which I think K-State does have a say in it because they see TCU struggling. They're going to take advantage of beating Texas, which it could happen. They could beat Texas. It's a big game. We just got to see what happens. OU... Lost to Kansas. Who would have thought that Kansas beats OU in football? I always imagine uh, Kansas beat the OU in, in basketball. Yeah, that's fine. I, I can understand that. But in football, nah, I, I don't understand. Now there's now OU and Texas both have one losses. I expect OU to go undefeated. But Kansas said, no, we're, no, bro, we were not beat you with... Was a was a backup, and this is why and this is the results you get. So, with that being said, everyone, you know this is a big this is a big game for Texas. The pressure is on them. It's not really on K State because K State has always said, "Hey, don't forget about us." We're always going to lurk between late October and November. Every season they're lurking. Kansas State said. Nah, bro. We're here. We're going to get this together. We're coming to Austin, and we're going to win, which I think Texas should win that game. But K-State will have a lot of say in that. So how do you beat K-State? Malik Murphy gets another – I hope he gets another start, though, because I don't think Quinn Harris will be ready. So you don't turn the ball over, and then you run the game, and then you try, and then you get the ball to your best playmakers out there, and Xavier Worthy and Jordan Winton, and all of them. And the defense comes through. The defense gave up six points. The defense felt bad giving a weak Houston team twenty-four points. They came back, responded, only gave BYU six. So, with that being said. You cannot give K-State a chance in this game because they're going to take advantage of every opportunity, try to run the clock down, they're going to try to run the ball. This game, they're going to run down, run the ball down your throat, I think. That's K-State's mantra. mantra. And play decent defense. And make sure that Xavier Worthy does not beat them. And make sure that they pressure Malik Murphy. Make sure that they make him run this game. If he does get another start. Because, like I said, I feel like Quinn Harris won't be ready. 
I feel like if they throw him out there, I feel like we have a chance to lose. They have a chance to lose this game. And considering the fact that the college football playoff rankings come out tonight, I don't think I see Texas in the top four right now. I do see Georgia. I do see, oddly enough, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. I do see that. That's my top four. So, yeah, that's going to be We'll be here to dive it all. All right, so coming up next, let's talk about some NBA stuff. Let's talk about Wimby's first week. And also, I respond to Spurs haters and possibly Mavericks haters as well. And also, I'm going to give you my opinion on that trade that went down this morning. We'll talk about that next. It's Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game.
Welcome back to the Beyond Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. So, anyways, guys, that was... Um, <laughs> this morning has been really interesting in the NBA world. So, James Harden. I'm not a big fan of James Harden. Right? I feel like James Harden is a diva. Selfish player. What what can he provide on on a team? A lot of drama. But he scores a basketball, but a lot of drama. Right? And so you met you must have heard this morning that James that the Clippers he finally got his wish. He went he's going to the Clippers now. This is what they gave up. So let me read this trade and and, and it's a whole entirety. The Clippers gave up Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batoon, KJ Martin, younger player, and 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks in, in 2028, 2029, Pick swap and additional first round pick from the OKC Thunder for James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philip Pursuit. I I can't pronounce his last. I'm so sorry. Uh, the Clippers. Well, they're sitting a bunch. A job, this is a bunch of draft picks that they're sitting all over the place. And so the Sixers plan the wave. Danny Green to fill that roster spot for all the players that are coming in. You got Marcus Morris, K.J. Martin, um, Marcus Morris, K.J. Martin, Robert Covington, and Nicholas Platoon. So, really, honestly, the Sixers won the trade. The Sixers got what they wanted. They won the trade. Like... You get a dog in Marcus Morris. You get a, def- a perimeter defender in Nicholas Platoon. You get a younger, on-the-rise player in K.J. Martin. And then you get an undersized Robert Covington who can play multiple positions. You got the trade. Philadelphia's got it named. Joel Embiid has helped. Tyrese Maxey was recently awarded the player of the week for uh, for <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. For the first week in, for the first NBA week, you got what you wanted. You got now. Maxi has space to room to to uh, to score, and not worry about James Harden's presence. Not worry about the questions of oh, where does he fit on the court? Joel Embiid now has players that can defend the perimeter. Philadelphia really won this trade if you look at it, guys. If you're in a basketball sense, they really want it. It's not about star power. Yeah, the Clippers may have won it because, you know, you obviously got four all-stars on that team. But at the same time, Philadelphia is on their way. And I do trust. I do trust that Tyron Lue will, will get this right. I do feel like they should get this right. Tyron Lue. And I disagree with Rachel, Rachel Nichols this morning. She said that Clippers need a point guard. And Jace Harden, they really didn't need a point guard, honestly. Russell Westbrook 
Was is there point? I'm sorry. What, what, Russell Westbrook was in there. Now you're you're telling Russ to go to the bench and play with the second group, which he doesn't have a problem doing. You're not going to tell James Harden that. You're definitely not going to tell Paul George that. You're definitely not going to tell Ka- Kawhi that because both of those guys have not played those games. They will not play. They will not play all 82 games this year. We know this for a fact. So what 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 does that mean when one when two players don't play eighty two games a year a season? Even though even though the commissioner just came out and said, "Hey, we're not tolerating this nonsense. We will we you will play every single game, Kawhi and Paul George, unless you're really hurt. Unless you're really hurt, then yes, you, yes, you can sit out and, and, and you can sit out." But Paul George and Kawhi, man, like that is that is amazing. That is amazing that you could get James Harden to come play on your team. And anytime those guys, one of those guys are out of the game, you could you can insert James Harden to take the scoring load off Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Man, those guys have a name, bro. The Clippers always find an excuse to add players, man, to their roster. <laughs> That's so funny. I wish I, I wish I had that. I wish somebody can get not this podcast, but I wish somebody can replace me at my security jobs, and I can go take the load off. I wish I can do that. Damn, that's so funny. Making forty million dollars a year just to sit out, that's, and then they get a guy that 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 works works less, doesn't want to show up in the playoffs. Doesn't want to work with anyone. But yet, when it comes to what he wants, he's going to get what he wants. And Clippers fans hope that he scores a point. Hopes that he makes a difference. Because honestly, they really didn't need a point guard. The game I watched on Saturday, on Sunday night against my Spurs, which they killed, they don't really need that, that type of player. But they got him. Because he said he wanted to go there. And I'm telling y'all, it will not work. It won't work. Philadelphia is in a better position than the Clippers have ever been. You got to fight for a championship. This is not, this, this does not have championship all over it. This has playoffs. And only playoffs. This has regular season wins and regular season wins only. This only moves you up in the regular season rankings. This moves you up later. When we get later part of the season, when basketball starts getting a little bit better, then it moves you up. Like, damn. And, and, and you know, I, I worry, where does Danny Green play? Is this it for Danny Green? Is this it? I'm pretty sure he does not want to go out like this. He was playing well. In my eyes, he was playing well for Philly. But does a team like the Mavericks, who are loaded, who want to trust more on uh, Josh Green? Because if you bring Danny Green in, that's going to kill Josh Green's minutes. So you got to give minutes to Danny Green. He's got to be able to play. He can't be sitting on the bench and give the vet leadership, vet uh, veteran leadership. You got Jared Thudick can do that. And he's an assistant coach. He can do that. 
So you can't give that up. You can't. I, I'm not bringing Danny Green in if I'm the Mavericks. I'm not bringing him in. Now, like I said last week, these bad teams have to take on veterans. They gotta take. Uh, they gotta take on veterans for their team on their team because they can produce. They can still produce. That's why they're in the in, in the NBA for sure. So, with that being said, everyone, Philly won this trade. And Rachel Nichols or Skip Brothers or anybody else on that Fox channel can say otherwise, can disagree. I disagree with all of them because all of them has, have think that the Clippers won this trade. But really, honestly, the Clippers didn't win this trade. You got to remember the other side of the court. You got to remember, <coughs> remember that all four players have to at least sacrifice something. Does Russ sacrifice himself? So Russ, Russ has already sacrificed for both Ka- Kawhi and Paul George to do the scoring. And now you're going to ask him again to sacrifice for James Harden if he wants to score one night? But how about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? They, 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 it doesn't matter if they sacrifice it or not. They're, they're going, they're, it doesn't matter about them because they're going to miss games. Whether it's both of them or one, one, one or both of them are going to miss games. So, with that being said, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like the upper hand is in Philly. The Arby Henderson Philly. I mean, I wish I wish Harden well. I wish him well. But J- Joel Embiid, he's got everything he's needed in Philly, and I feel and I think and I feel like I feel like he'll he'll stay. I feel like if they show him the blueprint of what it takes to win a championship, of how to build a championship team. Joel Embiid will stay in Philly. These people like Rachel Nichols and Skip Bayless and all of them are forcing him out. Joel Embiid, do not let these fools force you out uh, out in Philly. Don't let them do that to you. You make that decision. You say, you know what? I'm going to sign a contract elsewhere. I'm going to try to win a championship elsewhere. Everything in Philly is there for you. They've done their hardest to keep you there you're talking about two defenders and actually three maybe four and Marcus Morris Robert Covington and uh, KJ Martin and Nicholas Batum you could like got three four perimeter defenders man that's a lot to make up the difference of what James Harden did not give y'all so with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, Philly hasn't made. They're definitely not better than Boston, Milwaukee. That's that's for sure. I think they're still going to be the third best team in the East. Now, let's get to the Spurs stuff, and let me respond to these Spurs haters and these Mavericks. So there, there's some Mavericks haters. You know, when I posted on the group last week and I, I gave my expertise on how the Spurs are going to face against the, against the Mavericks last week, right? 
That was Wimby's first game. Okay. And I gave Wimby a C plus, C minus. Cause he was, he was in bad positions defensively. And of course, yours truly got routed, uh, got routed around. He, he just, I just got chewed out by fake Spurs fans. Yeah, I call them fake because y'all know nothing about basketball at all. Y'all want Wimby to score their average 30 points a game. Y'all want Wimby to dominate the league. Yes, he will someday, but not right now. I gave him a C- minus because he was bad defensively against Dallas. He had four fouls in less than 20 minutes of play. Possibly five. And I said last week, I said 30 minutes he's going to play. He's going to play less than 30 minutes. He hasn't done that more. He, he hasn't played more than 30 minutes in three games. His height would not allow him to play all game long. His height, his stamina won't allow him to do that. Pop knows this. The Spurs organization know this when they drafted him. They say, you know what? We're not going to put everything on this man. We're going to make sure that he's healthy for the long haul. That's why he's playing less than 30 minutes. Because the Spurs know. I know this shit. Times are different. Tim Duncan can play all the games in the world because the NBA was different at that time. Now, Wimby's like 7'5". He's not... He's stocky. He's not going to be able to play 30 plus minutes a night. Now, you put some meat on his bones, you make him stronger, maybe, maybe. But, but, right now, I'm not throwing everything at him. Right now, I can't do that. I can't do it. Yeah, remember, he's been in America for four months. Four months. He hasn't even had a taste of what American soil is like. And then we ask him to go play something, to shine in something. Yeah, a couple games he did. Then we tell him, hey, get ready for his first training camp. That's what he that's what he's been doing. Oh hey, get ready for his first season because you may play all eighty two games. Which I think Pop will Maybe, may, maybe make him play 82 games, but it remains to be seen. So, um, responding to the Spurs haters, I kept my grade. I kept it because I, I didn't see enough on the defensive side from Wimby. And also, he got pushed around by by Grant Williams. Grant Williams has a stronger lower body at 6'6". That's all you got to do against a guy that's stocky like that. He's not going to dominate the league yet, but it's coming. And honestly, you don't have a point guard, so you don't have a ball. You don't have the ball that throws. You don't have somebody that throws a lot to him every single time. So, my hate for the Spurs haters is that y'all have to get used to me posting on your on your on, on the group page. Yeah, get used to it because I'm all I'm here all 82 games. I'm here. 
I may take some two, may, I, I may have taken a couple of days off from posting. Cause I had other things to, to do. But you're not gonna stop me from posting what I want to post. You may laugh, you may call me names, you may call me stupid, like other people have. If somebody told me to shut up yesterday on the math post. I don't care what y'all think about me. I'm gonna post what I wanna post. Just like how y'all live and breathe every single day when you leave the, when you, when you get up in the morning. That's what I'm going to do. Y'all can post wherever you want. I'm not going to be just a fan. I'm going to be a fan plus Mark. I'm going to be a fan and tell you the truth. I'm going to be a fan and support Wimby. I'm going to be a fan and support the rest of the Spurs around him. I'm going to be a fan of the coaching staff. I'm going to be a fan for any for for life, a Spurs fan for life. And I'm, I may my and I may be wrong on some things, yes. But who hasn't? Who isn't wrong? Anytime that any commentator gives their uh, expert opinion, you always tell them they're wrong. You always hate them. Yeah, there's there's some commentators I don't like, but at the same time, this is the reason why they're in the positions they are, and this is why I'm in the position I am right now. You're not going to take away from what my my joy is. My joy is this podcast. My joy is this studio. I love this studio. I love what I do in this podcast. You're not going to take that away by giving my expert opinions. You're not going to block me from, from, from commenting on others or commenting on the post that I want to comment on, that I want to say. There's a thing called freedom of speech. I want to use that speech. Tell my truth. Tell my say. I am human like y'all. We may not, we may see different paths of how the Spurs or any type of basketball thing we see. That's fine. But y'all are not going to tell me to shut up. Y'all are not going to tell me that I'm wrong. Y'all, well, actually you could tell me I'm wrong, but you're not going to call me out of my, out of my name. You're definitely not going to laugh at me because, because I'm right most of the time. And I was right for this one. When we played 23 minutes against the Mavericks, he has played less than uh, 30 minutes every single game. Every single day. And now, when I calm down, I'm going to play a clip from Wimby's overtime against the Houston Rockets. How we killed the Houston Rockets in the overtime. And I'm going to give you some takes of what he needs to do on defense, or well, actually, overall his game to make sure that he's perfect for the long run this whole entire season. Let's play that clip, please. Now by Shengoo. The fadeaway. Counter. And that's what I expected, Bill. He demanded the basketball there. Sohan got in there to mess that up. Now he gives it up to Vassell. There he is again. You can see at the last second, Kelvin realizes it throws it to maybe Jeremy. Jeremy's not big enough to get to that one. Victor dunking on his own teammates. <laughs> he just out reaches Jeremy for that one. And that's what I'm talking about. Just throw it to the top of the arena, and that young man's going to go get it. 
But I love the patience on that play there. He recognized a mismatch, and they were trying to use it to their advantage. Osman had it poked away. Oh, wow, look at that lane. Picture the trees. Jalen Green inside a minute. Victor claims the rebound. Ahead to Osman. Stop and pop from three. Oh, yeah! Chased down by the Spurs and Vassell ahead to Victor. Into the paint, goes up and scores with an and one! How about that? <laughs> Looks like he's going to pass the ball out to the corner. There you go. Right man, a little stop! Bill, have I been talking about it? Rockets with 22 points. How about the good stuff, though? Yeah, all he has to do is look back, throw it up there in the air, and he's going to do something with it. Like I said, Trey Jones has that point guard mentality. He's going to find Victor in the open court for your method of health care. This system is much better for him. Well, they have a system. On the drive. Oh, oh my <laughs> Send it to the line. DW has any right to dunk this one. He takes off from the other side and makes it look easy. That's one of those Devin Vassell told us we'd see in the preseason. He goes, you're yeah. going to have one of those nights or every night a moment where you go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Oh, how much fun. It's quickly the other way with Jalen Green. Five and a half remaining. Houston trying to add to its lead. Rambayama with the block on Shingun. Devin trying to make it happen. And cannot. The Rockets advantage. Smith. Oh, my. Blocked by Wemby. Oh. Get it by Wemby. Get it out of here. Push the ball. Well, back-to-back blocks. And Jabari Smith tried to challenge him. And he found out. And then Yama on the drive. He scores! We're tied! And I said you should get in coaching. <laughs> he just powers his way to the bucket. Big-time basket. Smith Jr. no. Rebound. Ben Jr. Oh, he is oh, okay. he, he doesn't miss those in tight. Tried to shovel underneath. The pass was picked off. I can't remember how many points he scored. But we won. We won that game. So, Spurs haters, y'all need to get a grip. Mavericks haters, y'all need to get a grip. Because remember... I'm here all 82 games. I'm here. I'm here for it all. I'm here for the NBA season. I'm here for the NFL season. I'm here for college basketball. When is college basketball? Uh, even the Europe League. I'm here. I'm here on this podcast. I'm here in this studio. I'm here for it all. And I'll never take a day off. I'll never Y'all can Listen If I say anything Inappropriate I apologize But But You gotta look at The other people That that talk inappropriately As well So These are The five things That the Spurs Need Moving forward Number one they They need a point guard So You saw the highlights Of 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 uh, Wimby, you need a point guard. You need a point guard. 
Trey Jones ain't going. Hey, Trey Jones plays the backup point guard. I heard that trying to Jeremy Shohei, but Shohei Shohei is not a point guard. He's not a point guard at all. He plays three, two or three on the court. He is not a point guard. Jeremy Shohei could barely bring the ball up. They have to the point where they got to bring Keller Johnson to bring the ball up. No, no, I will not accept this. I will not accept this. Y'all, y'all need to figure this shit out. Y'all need to find a point guard out there. I, again, I don't want Trey Jones starting because Trey Jones is not him. He's not Trey Jones from last season. I thought Trey Jones would take a step up. Obviously, this, this season, it's been three games, yes, but he's failed at stepping up yet. And I will see, I want to see more of that. I want to see him step up a little bit better. Number two, you got to be able to take advantage of, advantage of Wimby's height. So Wimby can tire over everybody. So take advantage of Wimby's height. And what I mean by that, when I, what I mean by that is when a, when, you, when you throw love, Wimby has eight foot arms. Throw it up to him. So that he just catch it and just lay it up or dunk it or, or, or over that person. We're never given the opportunity. Unless he's not facing a Grant Williams or facing somebody bigger than him. Then yes. Then yes. Don't throw it up. But anytime he's running down the court and you see a small defender against him, then uh, then throw it up. Number three, I want to see more isolation plays for Wendy. Whenever he's in the game, I show for Wendy. I want to see more of that, man. I feel like I, I feel like we've seen less of that right now, but I want to see more of ISO plays of women. What he can do one on one against the defenders that are guarding him. I want to see that. I think that would prove success if the Spurs could put him in one on one, one on one situations and get that going. So I want to see that. Number four. Where does Keldon Johnson fly? What what type of speed does Keldon Johnson want to go at? Does he want to go to attack the basket, or what? The, does he want to shoot jump shots? What type of speed does Keldon Johnson want to do? I'm sorry. What type of game does Keldon Johnson want to play in? Does he want to play attack, or does he want to drive? It just depends. I haven't seen that consistency from Keldon. I thought coming into this season, Kelvin Johnson would take an aggressive approach of getting to the basket and averaging 20 points a game. That's how the majority of the superstars have done. Look at Luka right now. Luka's almost averaging 40 points a game. I just saw that stat today. And I said Luka's almost averaging 40 points a game. He's mixing Of course, he's Luka. But he's he's mixing it up. I'm not trying to make Luka... I'm, I'm not trying to make Kelvin B become Luka. But I feel like you gotta change. You gotta figure out what you want to do. Are you gonna shoot jump shots? Or are you gonna drive to the basket? Or are you gonna mix it up? I want to see that. So I'll say, which Kelly Johnson would you like to see? So, so that'll put that on there. My final point: Zach Collins. Zach Collins is my final point, and I and I and again, anytime he gets dunked on, I'm going after him. 
there's no way in hell you get dunked on by Derek Lively. There's no way in hell you get dunked on by uh, uh, Shungu. I can't pronounce his first name. There's no you got dunked on by two guys in a three day spare. What what? <laughs> Why would you get dunked on? Oh yeah, back there. Well, I don't care about that. When you have your back, you should see who's behind you, uh, Zach. You are not our center. You are not. I, I can't accept him as our center. We got to find another center at some point. And I can't. I, 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 and what is your calling, Zach? Are you going to shoot jump shots from the top of the key, or are you going to uh, post up inside? Because I feel like no one can guard you inside when you're when you're there one on one. You just got to demand for the ball inside. That our offense can run around you, but yet yeah, we want it around Wimby. And Wimby, he's going to play less than 30 minutes. We got to be able to supplement his minutes with decent bench play. So, number five things are two things for me. Number one, we got to get Zach. We got to make sure that Zach Collins knows his game. Zach Collins has to know his game. He's got to know his game, period. And also, we got to be able to supplement Wimby's minutes with, with decent bench play. I'm pretty sure we had the worst bench in the bench in the league. We do. I think we do. But that can be improved in time. So I know it's early right now. But in time, we got to fix it, man. We got to fix this bench. But like I said before, we'll see what happens. This is going to be a, a difficult week. We got the Suns twice. Tonight and Thursday. I forgot to record the, the Suns game, but I want to figure out a way to watch it. Um, and then we'll see what happens after after this week concludes. But, 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 as far as posting on there, I'm going to continue to post. Like I said before, y'all are not going to deter me. You're not going to stop me from posting what I want to post. I don't post inappropriate things. I post the truth. If y'all can't handle the truth, that's your problem. So, my basketball expertise, I play the game every single day. I shoot the baskets every single day. I, 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 I hustle every single day. I know the game. I watch it gracefully. Alright. So that's my spiel for today, guys. I went for football and basketball. So there's going to be more football and basketball stuff as time moves on. But next week, uh, I'm hoping, no, I can't say I'll I'll have a guest next week because I don't know if he's going to come in next week. But nonetheless, we're still going to talk about the Eagles and Cowboys game. Um, Definitely going to talk about North Texas. Definitely going to talk about Texas against K-State and Colorado and also NBA stuff as well. All right, guys, follow me on all social medias. Something big is coming. We hope, I hope, I hope the website's coming. So that's it. And also, to the Eagles fans that are going to Texas Live this weekend, please, please don't shit on our on our, on our field. Okay? All right. All right, guys, take care, everyone. It's Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radios. Take care, everyone. We'll see you all next week.
Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. 